There is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. everyone welcome back to the eternity archives where we have been playing hack the planet my name is bappy and i play real danger kel uh the sad tiefling baby who is now cyberpunked hi everyone my name is dorka my pronouns are she her i play zen the cyberpunky tail smashy lizard lady Hi everybody, my name is Ziva, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Linda the human office lady, who in this case is less of an office lady and more of a sneaky peeky spy lady with a cool cyberpunk eye. Hello everybody, my name is Emperor, my pronouns are she, they, and I am playing the role of the GM this time. Normally, whenever I appear on the show, I am playing the role of Hope, the interdimensional traveler who has wound up stuck at the library and is now busy doing desk work, or at least she is this arc. I appreciate that all of you have just become extremely super cool versions of yourselves because that's kind of what cyberpunk does, you know, along with all the social commentary and techno future and horrible things. (laughs) Yeah, and all the horrible things that can happen because of the overreach of corporations and, and governments. But at least you look super cool while doing it and you have a bunch of super cool tech, including body parts. That's how we roll around here. Welcome back to the Eternity Archives, and I'm glad we're all sitting down again. To go ahead and start us off, I have another icebreaker question for you for this arc. This time, it is, what is your favorite fictional city? So I'll take this one first. Uh, This one took a little thought on my end, but I think what I settled on, my favorite fictional city is the Citadel from Mass Effect, which is basically, it's part city, part like massive space station with like, I guess, five different cities branching off of it. It's just a very cool idea. It was built by aliens. Uh, I guess spoilers for Mass Effect, sorry. Yeah, it's just a very cool... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Didn't that game come out like... Well, the the third part came out a decade yeah, ago. Yeah, but it just got I remastered, so I'm sure there are people out there playing it for the first time, and there are people out there who maybe haven't played it for the first time and should be. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the Citadel is a cool city, even if you have to spend way too much time there in the first act of the first game. Oh my god. It's still just like cool space aesthetic, and I really like it. Mass Effect has fun lore. I'll stand by that. I guess I'll go next. Uh, This is slightly a cheating answer, and probably this is going to be super on brand when I say it, but my favorite fictional city is Tarvalon from The Wheel of Time, mostly because that's where all the Aes Sedai live. They live in the White Tower, so it's like a magical fantasy college town, but it's also like a big center of the world, so it's like- On Vagina Island. I was about to say, your your favorite city is the Vagina- which city? Yeah. <laughs> it, for those of you who are not familiar with like Wheel of Time lore, in all of the fucking maps, in all of the books, especially the art books, they always draw it because it's a city. It's on an island in the middle of two rivers. They always draw it like a big vagina. 
always <laughs> it's very Vagina. very funny but it's a cool city because it's like a magical college town and i'm imagining like the energy of like a renaissance fair mashed up with a modern college town and it's full of really cool witches and that's a place i would like to go visit and also like really crazy architecture it's like super artsy yeah like big beautiful sweeping stone with all these like beautiful like geometric and botanical details on it it would be very cool. If that was a place you could go in real life, I would go in real life. And I would probably call it the Vagina City every time because it makes me giggle. I mean, that's what people call it, probably. That's probably like the colloquial. And if there's <laughs> anything we learned in our Wheel of Time arc, it's that just because Robert Jordan never said it doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. Yes. It's canon. Yeah, yeah it's canon now. <laughs> Excellent approach to take to any media consumption. Just because they don't say it doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah, that's how we roll. My favorite fictional city, uh, I had two. One is from the MMO Ragnarok Online. It's the city of Juno. It's just a big floating city in the sky, which is not that creative, but I don't know. I think because I played that game when I was 12, I was like, whoa, so cool. But, you know, and then my second favorite city, or well, they're both equally my favorites, I suppose, is the Undercity from warcraft lore because it's just like a cool underground city underneath like a destroyed city slash grave and there's like lots of cool entrances like you can go down the big elevator into the sewers or you can like go up through the sewer pipes and then you follow down the tunnel into the city and you can fly on a bat and you know i played undead first and wow so that's that's my nostalgia factor. They, these are just both nostalgia things. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I hate the Undercity. <laughs> oh, no, but it's so... My it's, least it's favorite cool. Horde city. What? Okay, you like Orgrimmar more than you like Undercity? Yes. Orgrimmar is literally just huts in a canyon. It's so uninspired. It's just, it's just, it's just cliffs. Yeah, but Undercity is gross and smelly. Uh, there's no smell-o-vision in video games, so you don't know if it's smelly. It's it could smell like enough that green apple. It's gross enough that it, like, conveys a scent. It's Nickelodeon <laughs> goo. You don't know. It could smell really good. I guess, I guess no one's ever said it, so that doesn't mean it's not true. Undercity smells like green sour apple candy. Yeah, it could. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. I stand by its canon now. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I guess, again, I'm cheating because I created the question and therefore I get two answers. The city of Midgar in 7 is one of my favorites because I didn't play 7 until I was actually in college from Final Fantasy 7, but I certainly heard a lot about it before then. And that was kind of one of the first like big experiences I had with cyberpunk media, even though it's it's like sort of cyberpunk is kind of on the edge, but it's got a lot of the same basic ideas of like crash stratification and there's a lot of wealth disparity and there's, you know, ruling government council. I thought it was a pretty big influence. One of the other favorite ones I've got is from a tabletop role-playing game, which is a splat book for the World of Darkness system, the, the new World of Darkness system, called Princess the Hopeful. And they're the five major figures that help these magical girls are called the queens. Um, and one of the queens rules from this flying, floating city, sort of situated on top of a gigantic statue in the palm of its hand. And it's got, you know, flags all over, and, and, and parts of it are just floating all around. And it's decorated in, in red and gold and, like, white marble. And it's just absolutely gorgeous and just one of those like city of adventure kind of situations and that's i've i've used it a couple times on the few occasions when i've when i've run those games or or had the queen of swords show up and it's always been just a very vivid and interesting imagery for me so that's my answer hell yeah that sounds cool very cool so uh thank you all for your answers let's go ahead and turn things around and go ahead and get started
Uh, last time, you all fell through the book drop, woke up somewhere you definitely didn't want to be, were freed by a newfound friend named Selkie, had a thrilling and daring escape from Tanavastra Arcanum Supply, got a rundown on New Umbra, and have finally descended into the depths of the Leviathan, a rundown-looking abandoned hotel that Selkie assures you is where you're supposed to meet up with your contact. Uh, and with that, let's go ahead and get started. Everybody ready? Woo, Hell yeah! Let's do it! So after you enter uh, the basement of the Leviathan, you find something that, as you may have been expecting, is somewhat deceptive compared to the outside appearance. Where outside this looks like a rundown, destroyed, derelict hotel that was probably once some kind of a crown jewel of this particular area. The inside, or at least the areas where the Freerunners seem to operate, is not entirely free from stuff like ruin and disrepair, but it's it's kind of like they've papered over the worst of it and are making the best they can. Uh, you can see, you know, echoes of, of what this place was, of, you know, fine, plush carpeting and, and detailed, elaborate furniture and, and wall carvings and wall hangings and pictures and even crystal chandeliers that are just floating many feet above the the area you also see things like cables you know snaking out of out of walls and into rooms and and hooked up to monitors and computer equipment holographic interfaces are popping out at you all over the place as people move back and forth around the room in various states of of armor and 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 weapons and it looks like they're they're running something of a dangerous operation here Selkie beelines across the room, sort of to the far end, where sitting on top of a desk and tapping away at what looks like some kind of like a tablet is your contact, Takomi Hunter. Takomi looks up and, and looks at the three of you assembled before her with something of a curious gleam in her eye. She sets down the pad and, and pushes herself off the desk. She's right about eye level with Zen, actually. This is quite a taller woman. So she's like seven feet tall. <laughs> yes. Damn. Oh my god. Very powerful. Wow. Yeah, big powerful energy. So she looks down at you all with these, these rather piercing, curious eyes and then extends a hand. It says, uh, Takomi Hunter, Free Runners. I assume you're the folks from the library? Linda uh, shakes her hand really energetically because that's sort of Linda's default setting. She says, oh, hi, it's so nice to meet you. Yes, that's us. I'm Linda and this is Rill and Zen. And uh, well, it's been quite a little adventure to get here. There were some very cool motorcycles. I really appreciated those. Um, but yes, we're here. And uh, what what can we do for you? Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you the short version. Even then, that might be something of a long one. So if you ever have any questions, feel free to stop me. But there's quite a bit to catch you up on, and unfortunately not enough time to do it in. This this world that you're in, it used to be very different. A couple of hundred years ago, it was kind of a world, as, as we now understand, that was like many others. Um, magic flowed freely, the earth bore fruit and, and crops and everything that we needed, the seas were still healthy and full of life. And then, at one point, someday, everybody noticed everything kind of declining. Fields no longer started to give as much of a harvest. Even the plants themselves that were strong and healthy, trees that had stood for hundreds and hundreds of years, were starting to just die and, and wither away. No one could exactly figure out why. It happened not too long after the conclusion of a great war that shook our entire world, a planar war, where one person of, shall we say, questionable motivation tore open holes in reality and brought forth a surge of terrible, awful creatures onto our shores. Again, I won't go too far into the details. It's a story old told, and if you want to read it, there's a book that I'm sure you can find. Uh, and then over your earpieces, Hope goes, oh, oh, I, I wrote that book. I wrote that book. That's my book. <laughs> we should read it for book club. Takomi continues on and says that 
Once this happened, of course, many of our, our greatest magicians sought to figure out the cause and try to figure out a way to stop it. Ultimately, nothing quite succeeded. Things just got worse and worse until from almost nowhere, from overnight, the Tanavashram Arcanum Supply Company came forth with a solution. Sketchy. We could grow things again, you know, we could we could plant these these devices in the ground and, and energize the earth. We could power our, our, our spells and, and keep people alive. The healing magic that many, many people rely on in everyday life just to, to cure otherwise life-threatening injuries, we needed that power. So from nowhere came the savior, and with that magic came power for them. They were obviously the only people, not just in town, in the entire world, as we understand, except for one small continent elsewhere that managed to preserve a way of life. Everything else has turned into, you know, ruins, desert. It's all gone and dead. And I don't know if any of you have ever been to a world where there's just nothing left, but the accounts that I read, seeing where you used to live turn into this this dry, barren waste was difficult for my ancestors. Yeah, no, that sounds rough. Linda's gonna put a reassuring hand on Takami's shoulder and says, well, can't say I've been through that exactly, but Rill said it perfectly. That sounds really rough. That's rough, buddy. (laughs) That's rough, buddy. (laughs) We're here to help. Let us know what we can do. Yeah, we can't, like, fix your entire world, but um, there's something here that we're here for, and we can probably handle that. Yes, I was getting to that. As I understand, you are here for some kind of anomaly. That is something that is here but should not be here, correct? Something, someone, some... Uh, yeah, that's the gist of it. A presence. Yeah, just... yeah. If you're asking how it works, we're not the ones to go to, but um, we can clean that shit up. I'd appreciate that, and currently my agents are, are attempting to, to find this anomaly. We've managed to pin it down to somewhere in the jewel. If I had to put a wager on it, I, my safe bet would be something that Tanavastra has done, created, brought in, intercepted, something along those lines. Chances are it'll be where you just came from. As it is, we don't quite know yet just what it is, uh, considering they've spent the past two to three hundred years managing to have an iron grip on this place and more or less doing what they like. We're not quite sure what they've done and what's down there, but we're going to try and figure it out. In the meantime, if you are looking for some way to help, I certainly won't ask you to put your lives on the line to help us in our war. I understand that you're here for your own job, and, and I can respect that, but I would like your assistance in something. We need a retrieval done. Wait, is it for the anomaly, or do you all even know what the anomaly is? We're not exactly sure. I have agents that are working to figure it out. We're trying to pin it down, track its signal. Someone at your library was a great deal of help in in isolating that particular thing. Was that you, Hope? Hope goes, no, I've never never met this person, although the name Freerunner certainly does sound familiar. Someone at the library helped them, though. Huh. Weird. Was that you, Dumpling? Dumpling doesn't talk, so Dumpling just is, I don't know, playing a Nintendo Switch. I mean, they have to get into contact with us somehow. I always assumed there was something going on behind the scenes that, uh... Again, I don't think we've been asking enough questions. That's, you know, I think we need to sit down and do a brainstorming sesh and just kind of write down... You know, we can figure this out later. Uh, yeah, sorry. Right, a retrieval. Yes, a retrieval. And she goes ahead and taps a few things on the tablet and then hands it over to you. 
what you see is sort of like a fact sheet, more or less, on another lizard person who looks distinctly different from Zen, but also very distinctly lizard person. This lizard person has yellow gold scales, rather sharper features than than Zen, and sort of a, a, a long scar that's almost close to where kind of like the ear would be on a human, and then running down the length of their cheek onto the jaw. She hands you the pad and says, This is a friend of ours, Soleil. Uh, Soleil is one of the priests of Voltekin that have managed to keep their traditions alive. He's an ally of ours. We've worked with him several times before. Voltekin was itself a country that was very, very steeped in knowledge of the divine, of, of power, of the beings as much as they could know that gave life to our planet. As it is, considering we haven't had any sign of that life for a couple of hundred years, much of the order has died out, but there are a few dedicated souls who are managing to keep it held together. We need something from him. He's got something for us, and he called in earlier today, attempting to give it to us, said it was something urgent. Uh, I'm not expecting any trouble, but as it is, all of my agents are occupied, especially with trying to find the source of this anomaly, so having a few spare hands would be extremely helpful. This is not a kidnapping, right? No. Okay, cool. He's a friend. Do you have any questions? Anything at all? Anything I can answer, I I will do my best to answer. Do you know who the person at the library who helped you with that signal was? I never got a name. For quite some time, as a matter of fact, we were unable to receive signals from other planes. Um, We're still not exactly sure how that person I mentioned managed to rip open all these holes, but for whatever reason, something seemed to be blocking things coming in and going from our our plane, our planet. Yeah, that's what the science lady said, too, when she had us locked up in a box. She is something of a unfortunate character. Mad scientist? I suppose that's one way to put it. Before she went mad, she was one of the foremost experts on planes and different realities that this world had. In fact, it is from her research that we were able to communicate with the library in the first place. Well, I have to say I'm uh, not a huge fan on the whole. She was not terribly polite. Yeah, she did a kidnapping. It was on us. Yeah, she, she most certainly did. There was some pain, too. It was just, you know, not a good experience. We have met on one or two occasions in circumstances that I would rather not repeat. I can't say I know much about her aside from stuff that is more publicly known, but as I said, it's kind of unfortunate that she is working for who she is. Should we kill her? Murder's bad, but like, it seems like it's pretty dangerous that she's... Okay, maybe that that was a weird suggestion, right? Never. That's not a murder, real. That's an assassination. That's not murder or assassinate quite yet. Yeah... I appreciate the the offer. Was that an offer? I don't know. It didn't sound like an offer. It was kind of an offer. Well, I appreciate the sort of offer, but as it is, her work and her research is one of the best things we have for trying to figure out a way to solve this problem. I did not expect, nor do I need you all to come in here and present a magic solution for what's going on. It's something that's plagued us for a long time, and it's probably going to plague us for a long time after you leave. I don't think I have any other questions to you guys. I don't think so, but, uh... Now I'm worried about the fact that I don't usually have questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe we need to work. What are good questions to ask? Well, I think there's the typical who, what, when, where, and I think we've covered most of those. Have we? Oh, you mean to to, to Comey. I meant just in general, like with the library. Like, who's the library? I don't know. When? Don't fucking know that either. Where? 
I don't know, Zen. You've probably done some like interrogations, right? That seems like it's it's up your alley. Uh, frankly, I usually was the one taking the jobs and not asking the questions. Well, fuck. Uh, yeah. When where should we meet your friend? Are we meeting him? Takomi takes the the tablet back and sets it down on her desk and says, You can go ahead and find him down near the burn gate. The burn gate is where a lot of the trash that's developed here in the city goes. Uh, It's sort of like a consequence of it being a massive dump, is that, well, it's sort of turned into an impromptu home for some people in the less smelly parts. We can go ahead and give you directions, transport, anything you need. Um, Now that you're in this part of the city, it should be a lot easier to get around. Panavastra doesn't have nearly as much of a presence out here, so you should be able to get there and get back without any problems, but if there are any problems, let me know and I can try and send somebody out to help you if they're close by. I think we can handle that. It uh, it sounds charming. The burn gate, it's uh, not... The dump sounds charming. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's homey. Do we just walk there or ride motorbikes there? Or I guess, how do we get there? Takomi can arrange transport for you. Um, They do have some vehicles if you want to do that. Otherwise, you can literally just take, you know, public transportation there, considering it's not expected to be any kind of a high-risk thing. How how many stress boxes do you all have ticked off? I have three. I have three. Okay. I have two. We'll go ahead and leave it as it is for now. So now that we've got a, a nice score... You can go ahead and do all the fun preschool things, like figuring out your gear. Yeah, I mean, I figure Zen probably wants to ride a motorcycle again, right? In a, in a slightly less, in a slightly lower stakes situation. Why would I want to do that in a lower stakes situation? That was awesome, just the way it was. You had to blow up the moat. I thought figured you'd want to learn or something and get used to it. I mean, you don't always. I think I did all right. Okay. Yeah. No, you did great. Okay. Well, you know, I, I just. You know, thought you'd want practice. No, that's cool. Yeah, we'll we'll just blow up more recycles each time. That's fine. That wasn't horrifying or fear for my <laughs> life at all. Rail does not know how to feel fear anymore because they just had to repress it five missions ago. <laughs> I think Linda's pretty much ready to go. You know, I don't think she needs to like terribly swap things out. I think this should be relatively straightforward. She's got her social skills, and that's pretty much what she feels like she super needs. All Linda needs is her mouth. Yes. Um, that sounds gross. <laughs> yeah, but to say there's boy, there's something there, isn't there? I'm sure I could have thought of a less weird way to say that. Can I have a gun? I mean, I guess do I still have the gun from the guard I took it from, right? Technically, yes, you would still have. I that see one. it under like the load category, but I don't see anything that says it says like a blade or two, an improvised weapon, a large weapon. Oh, a disposable pistol. Okay, that would be what yes. it is. Okay, so I have a second question. The loads are three for light, five for normal, and six for heavy. So what happens if you're at like four load? Is that light still? No, it goes up to the next category. So rules question. I know in Blades in the Dark, you don't determine your actual gear ahead of time. During the actual score itself, you basically decide what number load you have, whether it's light, normal, or heavy. And then like you can decide on the fly like what you have when you need it. Is the same true here, or are we supposed to determine all of our gear ahead of time? Oh, yes, that is true. I will also say, as part of the advantage of the the free runners, they can supply you with some gear and ways to carry it on your person now that you guys have had some time to, to get up here and be supplied by someone. So all of you get two free load worth of tools or weapons that you can Ooh, use. Nice. nice. All right. I'm going to say that Linda's going to have a light load then. I think she has pretty much what she needs, but it would be kind of goofy to not have like a weapon at all. So 
She's going to have a light load and then that plus two from the gang. Yeah, uh, Rail's probably going to be the same. If they're both light, then um, Zen's going to be the pack mule and go heavy. <laughs> okay. I, I will note that the load itself determines basically how prepped for battle you are. If you're with a light load, you're kind of looking like, you know, you may be obviously packing, but that's not exactly super unusual in the city. But you you basically don't look like you're there for trouble. You look kind of like anybody else. Most of your stuff is managed to be hidden or concealed. At a heavy load, you are here to, pardon my French, fuck some shit up. You have armor, you have obvious weapons, you have things like carrying explosives on you. You are ready to blow some stuff sky high. Well, in that case, I'll go with normal then. I think that's a that's a good balance because there's two of us looking like we're just going about our business and then, then Zen has the look of the muscle. It's very funny to imagine that we would go on a score and we just take public transit, but I think we'll just... <laughs> we take a moody subway. We're on the subway line where it's covered in graffiti and the lights are all weird and we give each other meaningful looks. <laughs> This is the loading screen portion. <laughs> yeah, after you've after you've got your gear and, and everything else, y'all y'all head out and following some directions that you got, managed to to make your way down to the local subway station or you know train station. Really, it's, I think it's all above ground here. Now that you're in the band more than you are the jewel, you're starting to see the very obvious and very stark differences between the two areas of the city. Back in, in the band, even for the limited parts that you saw, it was obviously very clean and, and well-kept up and kind of neat. Everything was part place, everything was taken care of, and you could just tell the average wealth of the citizens that would live up there. Now that you're down in the band, things are... A lot grimier. Things are a lot closer together, you know, to the point where as you guys are walking down one of one of the streets on your way to the burn gate, you know, you hear gunfire echo a couple of blocks away, and nobody around you seems to really bat an eye. As you're passing by, it's easy to see, you know, trash piled up in the street corners, you know, even even people sleeping, dead, you're you're not exactly sure. But signs of Tanavastra's control are all around you, just in terms of how easy it is for them to just completely economically cripple and oppress parts of the city that they don't necessarily care about or feel like caring about. Even as you go through, though, you do see signs of them doing obvious, you know, appeasements. You know, you've got food stalls that are, are handing stuff out from them. You've got, you know, public power sources that everyone uses. It's sort of the everyone hooks up to the main water supply. It's not all gloom and doom. People have managed to make a life down here. And in some ways, they've even managed to make it kind of comfortable. You know, you pass bars and restaurants that are packed full of people with lively conversation and having a good time. And you pass places and shops and stalls that are, are, are bustling with business and, and people reuniting or, or trying to get their shopping done or even just there to talk. What's the street food staple here? We're going to go with... See, that's the fun part is that this used to be like sort of a stock high fantasy D&D &D world. Um, Tur turkey legs. Turkey legs. I was going to say a dragon's tail. Uh, it's not a literal dragon's tail, but it is what it's called. What are they consisted of? Is it is it a corn dog or is it like a funnel cake? Or is it just a turkey leg? It's definitely some kind of a meat with some kind of a breading. Past that, how it's prepared is in a various amount of different ways. You've got people who have ended up baking theirs and, you know, drizzling them in sauce and passing them out. Fried is, of course, a very a very common way to do it. A couple of others even do sort of a boiled, and then they dip it in some kind of like a like a sticky, almost slightly sweet-smelling sauce, and then, then hand that out. Real is double-fisting these things. <laughs> <laughs> they got some for everyone. They're just like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> we're here, we might as well. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's easy to, as as you guys travel, it's very easy to see sort of the the worst parts of the city, and in some ways, kind of the best, as everyone, as noted, has managed to make something of their existence here. They've managed to make it the best that they that they really can. Do you think the library will let us take one of those working volunteer days? I feel like I want to come back here and volunteer. Ooh, we can get library t-shirts and take a photo op. They'll love it. I just have to find who management is. I'll propose it. We'll come back. Aren't we supposed to be kind of secret? We have working volunteer days. Uh, Well, I hope so. Do we get benefits? Hmm. Do you guys get paid? We work like once every other month. I don't think. uh... Hope calls in and says, hold on. Let me check the holiday calendar. Wait, we have a holiday calendar. Did you hear page flipping? Okay, it says we get... I have never heard of this holiday in my life, and I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> ah, yes. Snuruffle Wop Eve. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Linda's not from our worth after all. <laughs> have you guys, you know, now that we're, like, talking about questions we could ask, have you guys ever thought about, we see kind of, like, fucked up worlds and stuff like that. Is it weird that we're not doing more to help them? I guess that kind of puts into perspective who is in charge at the library, right? There are only three of us here. Like, there are other librarians in the library, but I haven't seen anything that suggests any sort of, like, army or military force. I don't know what we could do to fix everything. Yeah, I guess that's true. I just... Also... Think of, like, the implications if that were our job. If there was just this extraversal force that just controlled everything, that's kind of equally fucked up. You know, now that we've started talking about how we never ask questions, I'm just trying to think of questions we could ask. I don't think we can be the ones to say that we know what's best for the worlds we visit. Yeah, no, that's 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 true. I wish there was more we could do to help, but um, one thing at a time, I guess. And Linda, yeah. like, like files it away in her mental filing cabinet after try and help Zen get home. And then uh, way, way, way above uh, the existential dread of Dark Linda. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's more towards the top. Second on Linda's priorities <laughs> list is save every world. Yes. <laughs> Rail's just like, hey, that those dragon tails have Milky Ways on them. <laughs> they get distracted and immediately run off. <laughs> you enter sort of the, the larger zone of the Berm Gate, and as noted, it's pretty obvious to tell by the smell. It's not terrible, but you're also kind of far out from the primary center. The smell itself is mixing with the other smells just from the street. You know, heated concrete, ozone from exposed electrical wiring... The, the sights and smells of the food trucks, it's all mixing together into this curious swirl of, of scents that are tickling your nostrils, to put it in one way. However, as you do get closer, you notice that there may be something of a slight problem. The exact bar that you were supposed to meet at, the Fisherman's Wharf, very ironically named, seems to be right smack dab in the middle of a Tanavastra Enforcer Lockdown. As you get within about two blocks of where you are, you find that they've set up barriers, they've got a couple of flying drones that are patrolling the area, they've got people in in, in boots on the ground in uniforms holding guns. It doesn't look like anything's gotten particularly violent yet, but you do notice a couple of people who are milling about of interest and a couple of people who are milling about and trying to, to get through because that's where they live. As it is, your contact is somewhere in there. Now we can finally finish off the last part of planning the... Score. Obviously, you guys are doing a transport, but whenever you plan a score here in Hack the Planet, you get to create a detail. 
each specific type of, of score has a specific detail, and the detail for transport is the route and the means. So your contact is sitting somewhere in this locked down, roughly two-block area. You're not exactly sure where, although you last heard that he would be at Fisherman's Wharf. What's your plan here? What's your way to get in and out? How are you gonna, how are you gonna do this? Zen, you've done things like this before, right? Like, you're all a cool mercenary and stuff. I've played video games where I had to do stuff like this, but I don't think that's the same thing. How many Tanavastra people are there that we can see? Well, at this point, we can get into the fun part of this called gathering information. This is more of a freeform section where you can use specific actions to go ahead and get the information that you might be looking for. Uh, If it's something that you can just kind of observe or if it's common knowledge, you can ask me and I'll answer it, of course. But otherwise, it's sort of whatever particular actions you guys want to do to try and gather more info about what's going on. Yeah, so how many people are, like, outside, like, guard-wise, like, from our eyesight, I guess? So you're you're currently standing at sort of one entrance, sort of like a T-intersection, well, I guess probably a four-way intersection, to get into this this block, uh, and they, they sort of blocked off the outer edge. From what you can see, there's a decent number of boots on the ground here, probably enough for Zen to take in a fight if they don't manage to call reinforcements, but that's a bit of a dicey situation. For all three of you, it's very easy to see how you would be overwhelmed and cornered or possibly even just killed out here in the streets. I don't want to say a specific number because that's kind of, I don't know, that feels weird about putting it on, but you get the sense that you could try and take them all down in assault if you happen to get lucky and plan well, but it may not be the best move unless you manage to cut off away from the call of reinforcements or somehow isolate this group from the rest of them around the area. If there's like a patrol group, maybe we could, you know, like knock them out and take their clothes. Does that work in real life? I don't know if it does. I do have an alternate idea. So the people who live here aren't super thrilled with the Tanavaster people, and the Tanavaster people aren't like buddy buddy with the people who live here. So it might be worth just like asking around. I can only imagine people would be more willing to help us than they would be to help the other guys. Ooh, now that's something I can do. Definitely, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be up for that. O- off the cuff, Zen, your observation is, is quite correct. The Tanavastra people do not look happy to be here. The people who live here do not look happy to see Tanavastra. You can feel sort of the unease in the air as nobody wants to be in this situation, and yet here they are. Okay, so I would like to make a proposal. Linda would like to start networking with some of the folks around, like whoever she can kind of reach who has the most fed up look on their face. Mm -hmm. She's going to say that they want these Tanavaster guys out of here as much as they do. What can they do to help? So that's how Linda's going to frame it, as we want to help you. What do you need us to do? So you're new in town. The people that you're talking to don't recognize you, but they have no reason to believe that you are working with Tanavastra. So I'm going to say that your approach is risky. Okay. um, In the sense that everyone's already on edge. But if you succeed, you're going to have a pretty good effect because people here are just not itching for a fight, but they're definitely itching to get rid of these people. Would I be able to do something like to help with that? Like, for instance, one of my playbook items is the custom flickerware, which is like specifically related to the flicker organization. So it's like not just anyone could like have this technology. It, it, it would mean I'd have to be like in with someone to have it. And so, like, I don't know if I could just kind of be near Linda and just be like, obviously, with this gear on me. Would that would that work? Sure. It's certainly easy to say that there would be, you know, another, another gang, another organization 
or even several of them that operate in this mm-hmm. area. I want to turn this back on you. What's the name of this of this gang? What do they primarily do in this in this area? It's hard because like the kind of turning invisible thing is called ghosting. Like there's already a term for that, so I'm trying to think of something that is related to that, but I don't know what the canon is for this Flickr organization in Hack the Planet, but I mean, I think they they are just kind of a more of an undercover gang. People know about them. Maybe you can like see their tags around the city, but they're almost like a folklore, you know, like ghosts. Like you hear um, they have this history of, of stuff they do. They hang around like it's a lot of subterfuge and like infiltration they do. They're more of on the low key action. As for the name, can they just be the ghosts? Okay, yeah, the ghosts. That works for me. So, do you think in this area they are more feared or respected? I don't think they're feared. I can't say for sure if this is where they primarily operate in, but these people are kind of taking this technology of being able to flicker or ghost or what have you and use it against Tanavastra because, like, you know, fuck the big CVS corporation. So I'd say they're not, they're more respected. I don't want them to be the ones that are, uh, like, hurting civilians or, like, anything like that. We can roll with that. Okay, so you are now perhaps unknowingly sporting the sort of signature tattoos of the ghosts. You wanted to help Linda out in this role, or did Rill want to... Did you want to do your own role for it? Because everyone can kind of do whatever they want for this this whole gather information Yeah, I think in-character-wise, Rill is not, like knowingly doing this real's just kind of tagging along with linda because they're just like i don't know i'm just gonna follow mom <laughs> don't want to send me to the tavern all by themselves yeah we we know how that goes <laughs> okay cool well then you can go ahead and we'll count that as an assistance so for for gather information rules it's just a it's, it's an action rule okay so go ahead and assemble that die pool and then go ahead and uh, and give me that roll so my network is three dots and then rill's assistance would put it at four so I rolled oh shit uh, I rolled a four two twos and a three. Ooh. Oh no yikes <laughs> that's terrible a four is okay that's okay but I should have oh man. Well, you got, you got a standard result. The good thing about the gather information rules is that the consequences and effects don't work exactly the same way as they do normally. So you were asking people who live here what you can do to get Tanavastra to leave. Yeah, so I think Linda's going to go up to um, maybe like a group of citizens that's talking amongst themselves and they have that vibe of like, can you fucking believe this? And so she's going to go up with Rill behind her and, and Zen, uh, not very far away, looking like a badass, and just go up and say... Oh, folks, this uh, this looks like quite a situation, huh? Honestly, between you and me, we're not a huge fan of this either. And I know, you know, we're new in town, but believe me when I say we really don't want you all to be in lockdown any more than you want to be in lockdown. So uh, let me know, what can we do to help you all out of this situation? One of the people in that group just sort of very hurriedly and not so quietly whispers, just fucking take him out. But the others sort of give them a glare because as good as an idea as that is, it's just going to store up more trouble for the area. And they're, uh, they're none too keen on that. But as you talk with them, Linda, you get the sense that honestly the best way to get them to leave is to whatever they're looking for. Once they find it, they usually beat feet. As noted, they don't want to be here any longer than they have to. The citizens don't want them to be any longer than they have to. But aside from that 
usually the way people get them to leave an area is just make it not worth their while to stay anymore. Either by, you know, in some cases directly rioting and, and telling them to get out of here, you know, throwing rocks, even maybe firing some shots. It really depends on how much they want to stake by being here. If they brought this many people in and this much gear, chances are whatever they're looking for is important to them. So the best way to do it would be to get them what they want, or the second best way would be to remove it from the situation. Are there any, like, terminals in the area? This is like a little town, right? Like a little dumpster town? Sure. I mean, there's, you know, generally ambient Wi-Fi and internet, so you can hook up to just sort of the air. Because I do have an augmented reality headset, which basically, like, it's like in Iron Man when Tony Stark is, like, doing that visual programming shit and he's got, like, the screens in front of him. I was under the impression it kind of looks like that. But I want to hack into communications. I want to see specifically, like, what is it they're looking for, if that's something I can do. Why don't you just check the Nextdoor webpage? <laughs> yeah, let me just... <laughs> check Nextdoor for yeah, the burn game? yeah. I'll check the local Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, hacking is, is definitely possible. If you can somehow secure a Tanavastra's like, equipment and hack into the communications that way, that'll be much, much easier. Aside from that, you're basically having to find the channels that they use and then decrypt them as they're talking. I think this is like two actions, so I don't know how you want to rule this, but I was thinking I could like ghost, so like I could go invisible and like stock up to someone and try to maybe steal their communications device or something but i also have one of my special abilities is machined plasma so i can take one stress to activate a function of my customized nanites for a few minutes and one of them is mirror someone else's nanites with a touch so actually could i just mirror one of these guards nanites and then like i don't know if there's some kind of tanavastra terminal or security room or something where it might be like locked down that i could like sneak into with these mirrored nanites i would say that your better option would go ahead and be use ghost and see if you can swipe a radio or something similar off of a guard or alternatively i believe another function of your nanites is to activate technology from like a good distance yeah, away. Uh, yeah establish a link to technology within a few feet from you then yeah you could just basically get next get within a few feet of one of them and then go ahead and use that rather than even having to steal the radio mirroring your nanites to someone else is certainly an interesting plan but it's a little bit overly complicated for where you are in this there's there's easier ways to get what you're for going sure for. yeah i'll do that then what what kind of role would, would that be would it be a hack or a ghost if you want to try and just swipe the radio directly it's going to be ghost mm -hmm. If you want to tap into the guard feed by standing near one, that's going to be hack. Okay. I have three, but does anyone want to try to help me? <laughs> Judging, but like, like with Ziva's rolls, that was four good dice. <laughs> Sometimes the luck is not with you. <laughs> I'm not really sure what I can do to help that. Yeah, you can I'm... like distract them, like talk to them or something. Oh, but I don't want to. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. No, that's fair. Yeah, I can, um, I just want to swipe one. I'd rather ghost because I don't want to take another stress unless I absolutely need to. So yeah, I will ghost to try to steal a radio. Okay. And I do have the potency to flicker. I, I always forget like which one's the one that helps me go invisible if that's the flicker wear or not. I think that's the flicker wear, right? Yeah, this gives you potency when you're trying okay, to ghost. Okay, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Okay, so I'm going to roll my three ghosty dice. Uh, I got two sixes and a one. Okay, Dang. well, that's uh, critical success. See, you didn't need anyone's <laughs> help. This is your thing. You go ahead, activate the flickerware, sidle up next to a guard, swipe the radio off of him without him even noticing, clone the radio's security signature, so you can just go ahead and tap into it with your feeds, and put it back 
And this all happens over the course of about 10 seconds. Nice. I'm in. And then you are back next to Zen and, and Linda, and you, congratulations, you have cloned the security signature of the radio. You guys can tap into the guard communications at any point. So what are you specifically listening for? I want to know what it is they're looking for and for any hints of someone named Soleil. Well, the good news is they're looking for Soleil. (laughs) It appears that whatever he has, they want it and they want him. They are trying to find him, capture him, and likely bring him back to Tanavastra headquarters. From what it sounds like, though, they haven't had a whole lot of luck finding him because... It doesn't sound like they had exactly the same information that you did, which is he would be in this exact spot. It sounds more like they kind of picked up that he was entering the city, and they just kind of managed to pin him down to somewhere in this location. But they've been having some trouble getting a beat on him. It sounds like this isn't the first time he's given them the slip before. Okay, and how long have they been here? Like, is there any chatter about, like, ah, it's been, like, days or weeks or hours or whatever? One of the guard remarks that they've already been here for two hours and they haven't found shit and he's getting really tired of these sorts of jobs. Yeah, so I would go over to the others and I'd be like, uh, relay all this information and I'd be like, yeah, I think maybe I could try to like fake a communications about being like, actually, we found Soleil over here on the other side of the city and hopefully that would thin their numbers a little bit and make maybe make it easier to look for him but i don't know if that's like a hundred percent foolproof you know like i mean i don't know what what do you guys think that makes sense to me but i do think a backup is probably a good idea i will note that as it is part of the beauty of this system is you don't need a super specific plan as noted part of gathering information is you are figuring out one thing you are figuring out the route and the means that you have to get either soleil or whatever he's carrying out and back to free one or hq past that it's a, it can all be made up on the fly or it's not important okay how comfortable are you like driving a truck zen <laughs> I mean, Linda's probably a better choice for that, because presumably Linda has driven cars before. But has she driven a Hummer? (laughs) No, Linda drives a very moderate, unexciting... A Hyundai Elantra. (laughs) Yeah, she she drives, yeah, like a a used, like, Kia Sorento or something like that. (laughs) It goes goes 45 miles an hour and has 25 miles per gallon. She's pretty happy with that. It's got a sticker of a cat in the window. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very like that. If you can find a moderately priced used sedan, uh, Linda's great at driving those. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, uh, I think Ro would just be like, uh, yeah, I mean, do you think we could like secure some kind of getaway vehicle if we're able to sneak in and find Soleil? These people are looking for the same person we're looking for. So if we find him, get him out. Then they'll, you know, finish their search, not find anything, leave these people alone. And on that same note, the people living here might be more willing to help us find this guy if they know that that'll be the result. That's a pretty fair guess. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do you want to try asking them, Zen? I think maybe Linda is too nice looking and they're suspicious of her. And then I'm just, I look like I'm about to mug a CVS. So that's maybe that's why our last attempt didn't go so well. (laughs) Talking to... Uh, civilians. Alright, Zen will find another group of, you know, civilians just kind of standing around and tell them, like, hey, I'm, you know, new in town. I'm looking for my cousin. I think he's supposed to be around here somewhere. 
he looks like me. A mm. uh, little, little more yellow. This sounds like this is either sway or control, and it might kind of be control because control is generally manipulation. Well, no, this is this is probably sway. yeah because she has good intentions. Yeah, sway is good yeah. intentions yeah. here. Okay, I have one dot in sway. It's better <laughs> than nothing. Do you want an assist? I would love an assist because I've been rolling like dog shit this game. Okay. So Linda is going to come over and assist in the sway by just being very friendly and open looking and maybe jumping in now and again if Zen loses her words, but she's going to let Zen take the lead and she's just going to kind of be like, you can trust us. We're good. That's good. Yeah, that's that's fine. So go ahead and, and mark your stress and then Zen, go ahead and give me the action roll. I got a five and a four. Yeah, you seem to look the part, and you seem pretty annoyed at the uh, at the Tanavastra security. They're inclined to to talk to you. He was in the Fisherman's Wharf whenever the Tanavastra started to set up blockades and stuff around the scene. Both he and Soleil made kind of a, a quick exit because um, he was he was trying to get out of the area before anything went up, and, and he managed to. He says that the last time he saw Soleil, he turned down one corner that led to a, a memory lounge. Uh, memory lounge is where people can go and directly relive either their own or somebody else's memories. He was pretty sure he was heading down towards the memory lounge, but that was two hours ago. He could have moved somewhere else since then. Okay, so do we want to try to find him before we send these guys off on their way with, with the false signal? I, th- I still think it's best to find him first. I think you guys can go look for him. Let me know when you found him, and then I can try to send these guys off on their way. Okay, that sounds that sounds good enough at least to start. So the engagement roll is the first part of any specific score. Once it actually starts, it's sort of the kickoff point. It sets an initial position for you guys, for, and it basically it's it's cutting right to the action of the given scene, so you don't have to spend time trying to figure out how you're going to get in there and, and do all this padding stuff. It, it's You go ahead and you are in there right now. Well, the good news is I rolled a six. Six is a good result. You are in a controlled position when the action starts. They have a good amount of people and a good amount of drones, but you guys manage to find a hole in their defenses and get uh, Zen and Linda in. Once you're actually inside the lockdown zone, it's a simple matter of just making sure you avoid any patrols or extraneous guards, start moving through buildings and alleyways, you guys can do that. You manage to find your way to the memory lounge fairly quickly, which is actually itself fairly populous, so it's crowded, which is good for Soleil. You enter the memory lounge without any sort of incident. Lizard people are not exceptionally common around here, so after poking through a couple of the booths, you manage to find your man. You make quick introductions and establish who you are and where you're from. You can show off the the pad that you got from Takomi to sort of prove your thing, and you guys start heading out. Rill, you make the call to summon the guards away. Yeah. What's your, your, you mentioned before that you were going to say that he's been spotted somewhere else. Are you still going with that or are you going with something else? I'm going to say that, oh, you know, we actually got word and visual confirmation. He is on the other side of the city or at least like in the opposite direction of where we're going to be headed back towards. So you assemble a quick picture with what you've got and you send out the alert bulletin. And sure enough, you see a good chunk of the guards pack up and leave. Unfortunately, though you guys have managed to clear the area mostly of the enforcers, um, it seems like a couple of them are still hanging around ready to go. 
Zen and Linda find Soleil and, and convince him to leave the, the memory lounge. Uh, and Rill, as you finish off your call, you all get the chance to regroup and sort of discuss what's next from there. So you have managed to find Soleil. You've got him ready to go. Now you just need to actually follow through on the rest of your plan and get out of here. Rill, since you have a position outside the memory lounge, it's easy for you to see that two packs of guards, probably looking at about eight to ten people, are sort of hanging out outside the street corner where the memory lounge opens up into. Granted, this is a greatly reduced amount from before, but it's kind of what's standing between you and freedom, along with the fact that you guys still have to boost your car and, and get out of the area. So you can go ahead and get yourself set up somewhere outside. Inside the lounge, uh, you've got Soleil... Zen and Linda, where are you guys set up? How are you observing the outside to see if it's safe to leave? What's your position and, and what's your next plan? Unless Rill says it's an absolute no-no, Linda's first instinct is going to be to go out the back. Because walking out the front and then stealing a car is like not a good way to be subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would I be able to sneak around the back to meet them? Like, let me scout the area really quick because at least I can sneak or go invisible in case there are guys there. You don't really need to sneak. At this point, there's just not enough troops to fully maintain the lockdown, so people have started going in and out. They've mostly just set up people at, not choke points, but like common intersection points so they can keep a watch on the crowd to see if he's still around. Um, so you can just you can just walk as normal into the back. Uh, and yeah, it looks it looks pretty clear, so you can all go ahead and reconvene in that back alley. Are there any cars that we... Uh... In this alley, no. If you're looking for just sort of like a regular, a regular transport car, you can definitely find one of those. If you're looking for something larger, like as you know, like a when you say truck do you mean like a like a pickup truck or like a delivery truck oh uh, like a pickup truck you can also find one of those again not within the alley but definitely on the street outside the only problem is attempting to boost that if you catch anyone's attention you're gonna have heat on you quick yeah we might want to do the four-door sedan instead your other problem is you also have to get soleil out of here without being noticed once you get onto the street you're gonna have to move quick and move quiet i could give him my overcoat we're, we're you know probably about the same size you got you got an inch or two on him, but uh, it's it's enough. I guess I would probably be the best person for the job, right? To like hijack a car, probably. Yeah. Yes. Probably. Okay. Rill would ask either Linda or or Zen to come with them because they don't know how to drive. I like the implication here that Rill thinks Zen can drive better than they can. Yeah, because Zen <laughs> drove the motorcycle. Zen piloted a motorcycle. Yeah, you can pilot a car. <laughs> it's fine. It's the future. <laughs> <laughs> Linda's going to offer to take this one because she's more familiar with the car and she thinks that no one's going to really super blink at a normal civilian looking lady driving some beat up car that they found back here. Okay. I will protect the asset. Okay. So Rill sneaks off to go whatever like the most conspicuous looking car is <laughs> and then just, I guess, try to break into it. <laughs> The most, the most conspicuous? conspicuous no, you mean inconspicuous? Yeah, inconspicuous, sorry. <laughs> okay, I was about to say, I mean, yeah, if you want to steal the equivalent of the gold-plated Rolls Royce with the fire decals on the side, you can. Who the fuck is stealing in style? <laughs> Who the fuck is driving a golden Rolls Royce with flames on the side? Guy Fieri? <laughs> yes, we're going to go steal Guy Fieri's Rolls Royce. <laughs> Drive it straight to Flavortown. Oh, let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, how are you going to boost that car? Uh, I mean, everything is, like, electronic these days, right? So could I try to hack into it? Assuming that it doesn't use some kind of a physical lock system. 
cars still use physical locks. So, uh, Linda has the foresight ability, which lets me assist a teammate without paying stress, provided that I prepared for it. So, what I'm going to say is that Rill wants to hack into the car, but I'm going to assist them hacking into the car by having a physical lockpick that I brought specifically to help unlock the car door so that then Rill can handle the actual hard part and not have to worry about the outside. Yeah, that sounds fair. Okay, I got two twos, a three, and a six. The six is enough. So yeah, you you go ahead and, and do that pretty easily. Uh, Linda manages to get you in the uh, in the car. Uh, you quickly disable the alarm and pull out some electronics and rework some stuff and hack into the software and you get it up and running. You make it think it's it's got the key that you're the owner and that you are you are ready to go. We're in. Um, so you've got your, you've got it. I want to do that each time. You have, you have the car. <laughs> I let Zen know. I'm like, okay, we got we got the car. We're we're gonna be on our way over to you now. Get ready to run, jump in with with Soleil, and we'll fucking book it out of here. All right, we're ready to go. Linda, meanwhile, is driving as cautiously but unsuspiciously as she can right now. Are you like slowly doing like a three point turn, like trying to get out of this parking spot? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh God! She makes everyone put on their seatbelts when they get in the car. <laughs> Rails just like adrenaline pumping. They just stole this car. There's like security guards everywhere. They're ready for Linda to like peel out, and Linda's just like arm around <laughs> the passenger seat, looking over her shoulder. She's just yep. like, <laughs> I can't believe we haven't let Linda drive before this moment. <laughs> We haven't had to drive. <laughs> uh, you go ahead and, and, and pull the car up to the alleyway and, and everyone gets in and you guys drive off. So now that you're inside the car, Soleil glances back out the window and then looks at you all and says, uh, thank you. I was a little worried they wouldn't manage to find me back there. It was a little bit of a stressful couple of hours. Yeah, that's my life. Can you all keep it down back there? I'm trying to focus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank uh, you. Yeah. I guess. Hey, my name's Rill. That's Zen. Uh, Linda's driving. You're Soleil, right? Yes, my name is Soleil. I'm a member of the priesthood from Voltekin, but it's very nice to meet you, Rill. Do you know why they were looking for you? We may have found a way to supply life to this planet without ten of Astra. Oh shit! I'm all about that. Fuck yeah! Zen, did you just turn on the? You can't turn on the light. That's illegal. Turn it off. <laughs> Regardless, thank you. Yes, to, I'm more than happy to try and get this information and these prototypes of the free runners as soon as possible. And then, as he's speaking, Linda, you are being tailed by a ten of Astra security car who very clearly wants you to pull over. Linda, fuck cops. Hey, Soleil, uh, not not that we're going to give you up because we're not going to do that. We're not like that. But just in case something happens, would I be able to copy the, the information you know onto my own nanites just so we have a backup? Um, and he starts he starts reaching around in, in his pocket and he eventually pulls out what is fundamentally a flash drive or it, it looks like, you know, like a small data storage shit. And he passes it to you um, and says, if, if you can back it up, then then do so. But just make sure you're off the network. Um, whatever it is, local only, no remotes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, everything's everything's on me. So yeah, is that something I could do? 
you would need some time, um, at least a couple of minutes. And unless Linda can dodge the security guy in the car for a couple of minutes, chances are if she pulls over, she's going to pull over before you have time to finish it. Uh, Linda, I'm, I'm going to need a few minutes. So I don't know if you can just like... Linda doesn't want to pull over. Break the law. Yeah, break the law. We've, bre- we've broken a law before. Well, I don't normally break the law in the car, but... <laughs> Only outside. (laughs) Only outside of it. The car is a safe space. Um, But, you know, in this case, I'm not a huge fan of these Tanavaster folks. Oh, screw it. Let's do it. And Linda floors the gas pedal and they take off like a shot. Holy shit. Uh, Okay. You floor it and the car uh, revs up and you take off down the streets of the burn gate. Uh, and the officer does not give you a second before he turns on the lights, turns on the siren, and starts giving chase. Uh, so you have now found yourself in the second chase through the streets of New Umbra, but hopefully this one will not end up with as many exploding cars. Um, all right, you have begun a merry chase. The officer so far is the only one there. It is doubtless that within a minute or two, you will have more on your tail. If you manage to shake him quick, you can probably get out of this, hide the car, and then just go the rest of the way on foot. But what's the... You you are certainly sufficiently now out of the lockdown zone that you're out of that particular danger area. Uh, What's the plan? Yeah, so Rill is copying the data over, and then as they start that, they would hand Zen their guns and just be like uh i don't know like if you need to shoot them just shoot them i guess whatever you need to do this is all very stressful so yeah zen is going to roll down the window lean out the window and start shooting at the cop okay what's your objective with this are you trying to kill the cop are you trying to disable the car are you trying to get him just to veer off and and get him to crash what's your what's your aim stopping his pursuit but if any of those things were to happen uh incidentally it would not keep me up at night (laughs) she's not shooting to kill particularly because a person in a car is a hard target to hit she is shooting to do damage to destroy that sounds like wreck. That sounds like wreck to me, rather than than trace or anything else. So this is probably a risky position because you've got you've got the element of surprise as you lower the window, lean out, and take a shot. But I can't say the effect is going to be great. These cars, the cars especially that the security people use, are reinforced for a reason. You're pretty much just going to have to make an extremely lucky shot if you're hoping to disable it entirely. I'll, I'll go for it. Okay, let's go ahead and see what happens. What sort of ripple could I get for this? Uh, if you have one to propose, then feel free. Otherwise, I might be able to cook something up for you. The easiest way to destroy this car is probably going to be to target the power source, which is the same method that was used for the motorbike. The only problem is, as you've seen, that has explosive results. You are chasing somebody through the streets of what is fundamentally a slum. Any kind of explosion on that scale is going to cause some collateral damage. Oh, I'm okay with that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to take that, then sure, you can uh, You can take your bonus die. Okay, I got a two, a three, and a five. Okay. You managed to fire off the shot, and fortunately for you, the shot doesn't quite hit where you were aiming for. You don't hit the power block itself. You instead hit some of the lines leading to it, which is starting to cause the liquid fuel to leak out. Your shot not only manages to cause that hole in the in the thing from your ripple, but it also manages to ignite it. So now you've got this guy chasing you. You put a hole fundamentally into his fluid transfer pipes. It will disable his car eventually, but as it is, you are spreading burning, hazardous, toxic fuel 
all over the slums as he is chasing you. And that fuel starts to spread once it lands. This stuff is extremely volatile. You're going to cause a bit of an incident with what happened. Sounds like a good distraction to me. (laughs) So the security guy is, his car is leaking, uh, but he is still hot on your tail. What's the next move? Does Soleil know his way around this neighborhood? Like, would he be able to give us instructions to, like, get back to base or try to lose the cops? He comes to the burn gate every now and then, but as it is, you guys are kind of starting at the, the outskirts of the burn gate towards the center of the city, closer to where the free runners are. He doesn't know this area well enough to really help you, unfortunately. Linda wants to use her cybernetic eye to try and find like an alley or something they can cut through that is not immediately obvious. So she wants to study the environment ahead of her and try and find some place that they can turn into at like the last second to try and shake the cop off. Okay, I would say that might be more survey rather than study. But honestly, I I would be willing to say you can just find one and it more comes down to whether or not you can make that turn. Okay. Uh, Which would probably be something more like finesse this point you're trying to make a sharp turn in a car that you're just now driving but if you do it that'll probably either get the cop off your tail might even cause him to crash depending on how tight you turn and then there's a question of whether or not he can follow you down the alley equivalently okay so i would like to use my finesse and i would like to go ahead and add a ripple and my ripple in this case is that regardless of how well i make the turn it is going to scrape up the car pretty bad so it's not i'm not going to be able to drive forever i can only keep this up for a little bit longer that makes sense to me. You guys can you can maybe only get one or two more specific maneuvers out of it because you're going to cause some, some damage to the car. That's good. Okay, so I'm going to call this risky, and I will go ahead and call this standard effect as well. If you manage to do it, you can shake them off your tail enough for you guys to get some, some distance between you and them. Okay, sounds good. This poor used 2006 Honda Civic is like, no more, please. <laughs> 2006, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, boy. I rolled a one and a two. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Okay. The car explodes and we all die. (laughs) (laughs) Has Linda ever seen, like, racing movies or driving movies or anything like that? They're car chases in Terminator, right? She's seen those. (laughs) Probably. So you've you've seen this kind of maneuver before. Uh, your, Your eyes catch the alleyway coming up. You know how to make these turns. You've seen him done in movies before all the time. You can do this. You were just on a motorcycle. It's going to be fine. You pull up the emergency brake and attempt to Tokyo drift, drift into the alleyway. And you completely fuck it up. You pull up the brake, but you have never done this particular maneuver before. And the car does not react how you were expecting it. Not to mention, since you put such a strain on the engine in such a sudden stop, you feel something in the car buckle and the car goes spinning. You guys turn end over end before crashing, probably side first into the wall of one of the buildings. The wind is knocked out of you as you just smash into this wall and you are all momentarily dazed. I'm like crying over here because Real is like, oh, I can't drive. I don't know how to drive. I can't do it. But when Real's been on a motorcycle with Zen, Zen crashed it. And when Real's been in a car with Linda, Linda crashed it. Real's just like, oh my god, I need to get my license for fuck's sake. This is going to be what convinces Real to learn to drive. Drama! I will say that um, none of you are seriously hurt. You are definitely operating from a desperate position now. 
at this point, you are all fugitives having to attempt to run from the security guy who has caught up to you with ease and has exited the car and is pointing his gun at your vehicle. Have I finished copying the data yet? No, you are you are still going. I would ask Zen to try to give it another shot, but that's what Rill's kind of mind is at right now, is just like, get that car to explode. I would like to propose another use of Linda's foresight, which is that she packed some explosive rounds in case they needed to make a big scene or blow up a police car. And so she is going to fumble around in in her pockets and woozily pass over those explosive rounds to whoever is going to be doing the shooting. That's yeah, that's that sounds good to me. Uh, Who's going to be taking the shot? Zen is already getting out of the car with her big ass sword. Throw the bullet, Zen. <laughs> um, so is is that is that real taking the shot then? Yes. Okay. Okay. So Linda's assisting you by giving you those explosive rounds. This is definitely going to be wreck. So I've I've won in wreck. Well, you have an assist now. You are definitely operating from a desperate position, but if you pull this off, you're probably going to be at a high effect. This is definitely going to cause the car to explode, likely catching the... It's going to catch the officer in the blast, but as noted, it's going to be a big boom. For the ripple, I want to say regardless, something happens to Rill. Because, like, I don't want Zen to get hurt, or maybe maybe Zen gets hurt. (laughs) Maybe the recoil from the gun, they're already kind of shaken from the car wreck. Maybe they get, like, knocked out either way from this next thing. I would say the ripple is that regardless of whether you hit the car or not, we're doing an explosion. Yeah. And so there's going to be eyes on us. Yeah. So either we take out the cop and people come towards us and we run, or we don't take out the cop and people run towards us and we need to stand and figure out how to get ourselves out of like the messiest possible situation. Yeah. How's that sound, Ember? That's, yeah, that sounds pretty fair. Um, I, okay. Either way, there's going to be some heat on you, which is going to make the next part even more fun. Ooh, uh, I got a four and a three. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a good thing you got the four. <laughs> You take the shot, you load the rounds into the gun, and you fire it off. And two things happen at once. Uh, First, the gun explodes in your hand. Real, I need you to take two harm. Oh my god! Okay, what's the effect? Uh, Crippled hand, I think, probably. Okay. Because that gun is gone. Some of the the blast from the escaping barrel, the gun just didn't hold. It went through too much stress in the crash, uh, and it it just blows apart in your hand. However, your shot does ring true. Uh, Your bullet impacts the fuel canister, and there is a spark and a flash and a loud boom uh, as all of you are blown backwards from the force of the explosion. It it kicks up a huge amount of dust, um, and whenever you get the chance to look again, the car is a tattered, wrecked mess, and the security officer is just blown far away, smashed into a wall, and lying completely still on the pavement. After a couple of seconds as people manage to get their eyes and ears back, uh, all of those eyes are on you. Linda's gonna shout, I'm so sorry, I promise this is for a good reason, and then... And Zen shouts, run! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, let's book it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. By the time other officers appear on the scene, you are all long gone, the car wasn't even yours, it can't be traced back to you. And you managed to make your way back to the Leviathan without any further incident. 
chances are you've got a hell of a target painted on your back even more than you did. Uh, so you head down into the Leviathan, or I guess the headquarters of the Freerunners, uh, and when you arrive, Takomi looks over from across the room and and sets down the, the terminal that she was working at uh, and looks all of you over and goes, you look like you've had a rough day. Well... Rill's one hand is just, like, fucking mangled and bleeding, and they just, they look so tired. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, hang on. Let's get that fixed up first. Livio, can you come? And then a uh, strawberry-haired woman turns around and, and comes over and sort of looks at the hand and grimaces, and then leads Rill over to what looks like more of, like, a like a medical part of the, of the room, um, and she starts getting to work on it. Well, I have some good news, and that's that we got your friend. Um, we also accidentally had a PSA about why it's very important to always wear a seatbelt, especially when you're in my car. It's my rules, and we all wear our seatbelts. The bad news is that, uh, yes, some other things happened. Uh, they did happen. I can confirm that they happened. I assure you, we heard enough that things happened. Um, it's it's all right, as long as nobody followed you back here. It's not the first time something has gone pear-shaped, and I'm certain it won't be the last. Soleil, who was kind of standing there waiting for this to be done, steps forward, uh, and then he and uh, he and Takomi embrace. And then he says, um, I have something that I think you need to see, and I thought it was important enough to bring. Soleil leads them over just to an, an unoccupied table uh, and pulls out a small glowing blue crystal of some kind um and then he also brings out what looks like a flower pot but without the flower it just looks like an empty pot there's some soil and he uh reaches inside and pulls out a water bottle essentially from inside and, and pours it in putting some wetness on the soil and he says our research into the alternative energy methods has done at last some good I believe we managed to have found something that can help get us out of this quagmire that Tanavastra has put us into. And he takes the crystal in his hand, uh, and whenever he does so, it actually starts to glow brighter. And he sets it down inside of the flower pot, and then with a small wave of his hand and a muttered word, the, the glow of the crystal darkens gradually and gradually. But as you're watching, a sprout pokes itself out of the ground, and, and I'm sure you've all seen sped up footage of, of a plant just growing. And when it's done, a small, essentially kind of like a, a bonsai tree is sitting inside the, the flower pot with a number of, of branches and even a couple of few small flowers. Um, and Takomi is watching in utter amazement as this happens, because unlike you guys, she hasn't seen a sped-up version of a flower growing. From the look on her face, you get the sense that this is possibly the first time she's ever seen anything natural grow like this. And she looks over at Soleil and says, Can you do this again? Is it repeatable? Where is this coming from? And Soleil says that, um, Well, thanks to the stolen research you got from Dr. Addersgate, We've managed to make our own strides in extraplanar contact. We think we've found a way to call forth the power from other planes. Takomi just kind of blinks a few times and says, I think that'll be enough. Uh, she turns to you, Linda, and Zen, and she says, thank you. I am so glad we were able to help. And I also have some news for you. She looks over to where Lyriel is still tending to Rill. Rill, your hand has been bandaged for the time being. Uh, your your wounds are just going to take time to heal, but you you have regained enough that it's it's no longer bleeding and it's 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 functional again, for lack of a better word. Although painful to use, so you got to be careful. Do I still have that harm? Yes. 
This was my gamer hand. They're both my gamer hands. hands. (laughs) She's done as best as she could, but uh, unfortunately she's not a miracle worker. Uh, And you did just have a gun explode in your hand. Honestly, this probably could have gone way worse, so I'm sure I can find a cool robot hand. You'll be fine. Something I will also say, which hasn't happened yet, is you guys do have the ability to resist any consequence. You can always roll a resistance roll, or you can just mark down your armor to use it. So Takomi gathers you all and once again sets up kind of a display in the middle and says, I believe we've managed to find your anomaly. I don't think you're going to like it. And she she hits a button on the display and it brings up a an image of the Tanavastra campus, uh, complete with the ominous tower that you guys saw during your escape. It, it's a 3D model, it's slowly rotating. Uh, and she hits the button again and then from a point a good distance under what you can see rendered as like the floor, the ground floor of the Tanavastra building, a small light begins to blink. That's the reactor core of the Tanavastra Arcanum power supply. I don't know what's down there, I don't know how it works, but whatever you're looking for, it's down there. Hmm. It's gonna be a bit of a rough time to get in there, isn't it? I think we can help each other out. We've been meaning to try and get in and do a large-scale data theft for some time, and that means we need to get into the central tower anyway. If we can go ahead and get you in, and you can give some assistance to my agents in there, we'll gladly do the same for you and do what we can to get you down there. So are we going to be running these two operations at the same time? Yep. Give you some cover? Well, and in a sense, we'll be giving you some as well. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I think we can make this work. Besides, all we need to do is is get down there and touch that anomaly and hope will pull us back and you all can do your thing. You don't need a way out? You don't need an exfil? No, we should be good. If you can get us down there, we can handle it from there. That certainly does simplify some things. We've had plans to do this in motion for some time. We actually have someone on the inside who can help us get in, help us navigate the place, and hopefully manage to draw some fire away from us. I think we can get this to work. Well, it's getting a bit late, and it's going to take some time for things to go ahead and pull together. So get some rest, get some food, and then later tonight we can regroup, and then probably in the morning we can go ahead and uh, start. You just hear Rill in the background like, um, how long am I going to be able to hold a Switch again? Like a like a handheld gaming console? And Liriel says, well, you should probably let this rest for a couple of days. Days? At the bare minimum. Bare minimum? Just kill me right now. Don't worry, Rill. I-, I can play the video games. We'll put them up on the TV, and um, I can play that that game that you like where um, everyone is, uh, is, you know, all... Um... Linda has to, like, reach deep into her memory banks to remember any video game. <laughs> <laughs> the one where, you know, you're, uh, you're among people. We'll play that one. Oh, yeah. Actually, you're pretty eerily good at that one. Um... Yeah, that'll be fun, actually. Sorry, I'm just, I can't get over the fact that Linda is the library Among Us champion. Well, Linda's <laughs> oh, good absolutely. at, like, social engineering, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she probably would be. I'm the last person on Earth who's never played Among Us, but I feel like Linda would be pretty good at it, so. You all actually have a little bit of time to kind of do whatever it is you want to do. Go ahead and recover three stress for me um, as you all spend some time kind of doing whatever you're in your element for. And I wanted to give you some more leeway before we head into this final score. So after a a couple hours break, you are all called back in for the strategy meeting. 
this one is pretty well attended. Um, you see, obviously, Takomi and, and Selkie are both there. Soleil is also there. Uh, you three are there, and you see a number of other uh, agents and, and runners who have all gathered around to explain the plan. You three and Selkie are going to be headed down to the lower levels. The plan to get you in is actually just to disguise you as enforcers. Um, they've managed to secure a security car and some uniforms for you guys to use and drive into the parking garage, which should make it easier for you to get downstairs. While they're, you're down there, Selkie's going to split off and cause some ruckus to lure people from the upstairs administration levels and get them to head downstairs, while at the same time, another group heads in through a couple floors up after ascending side of the building and causes some ruckus upstairs, splitting, ideally, the focus of all the Tanavastra security between those two levels. So that way, everyone's going to have a smaller contingent to fight, but nobody should be overwhelmed. Do we know how big the core is? It's like a skyscraper, isn't it? Well, the the whole building is a skyscraper. The actual reactor core itself, Uh. nobody's quite sure, but... um, talking more core not referring to a single object so much as the area that is the primary power generation for the the arcanum supply i see okay i'm glad we get selkie i like selkie i like selkie (laughs) too okay so once you get in the the door to the garage how exactly your group proceeds is going to be up to you guys um, because you're kind of a smaller contingent, and thus you're more able to adapt to uh, different situations. But as it is, we're back in the planning phase of this particular score. So, getting you in through the back door is going to be easy. Once you're inside, it's a question of exactly how you're going to deal with any obstacles that you do. So, what's the kind of plan that you're looking for? Are, are you looking to go in, and once you're in there, it's beat feet as fast as you can, regardless of the obstacles, push your way through? Are you looking to more take kind of a more subtle or, or stealthy approach? Maybe, you know, try and talk your way down or even just sneak your way down? Are you looking to have someone open the doors for you? Like, what's your, what's the angle that you think you're going to be taking once you're, once you're inside? Zen's instinct would be to punch through, basically. Go fast, go hard. But, you know, she can be talked down. I think that what Linda's going to propose is that Zen's plan of sort of running gun is the right way to go, but she would like whoever's on the inside to be able to do things like figure out efficient paths and open doors for them. But otherwise, if they run into like guards or security, they should just kind of bust their way through. In Linda's mind, now is not the point for subtlety. This is kind of the time when she's just going to want to get to the core as quickly as possible, get their anomaly. Right. And get out. Because if the other team is doing an operation at the same time, we might as well be like the big, loud, destructive one to draw their attention because we have a guaranteed escape. Yes. Yeah, Real Real agrees with all of that. Selkie says that if if that's your plan and, and having heard that you guys apparently have some sort of magic teleportation out as soon as you get it, she assures you that she can manage to to get her way out by herself. But yeah, it sounds like you're as soon as you're in, you are going in guns blazing. And we can uh we can work with that. Yeah, Linda's gonna go ahead and prep a, a normal load plus their plus two because she wants to make sure that she has everything she needs for this. I'm going heavy this time. No reason not to. That's fair. No reason not to. Yeah, real we'll do normal as well. Okay, so the plan is go in through the door and just start taking your way down. How are your, your characters feeling? What's what's kinda going through their head? What's their mood as they're they're putting all this stuff together? I, I think Real is still trying to recover from earlier the day. They're just pretty worn out. 
they really just kind of want all of this to be over and done with. So they're they're pretty ready to just kind of do what needs to be done, whether that's uh, a bunch of murder. Might as well leave this place so better than when they, they came here, I guess. <laughs> The way Linda's feeling at this point is is pretty comfortable. Um, she feels really bad about flipping the car earlier, and she feels bad about the explosive round um, because it it ended up injuring Rill. So so she's sort of pushed those to the back, and she's trying not to let them get in her way right now. But she she always feels pretty good at the point where they actually start getting to the anomaly. Like she knows it's going to be a lot of work, and she knows that there's going to be a fight ahead. But she pretty much knows what to expect, which is just do what it takes to get there. And it'll be job well done. Zen is feeling kind of pumped. She's enjoyed herself like in this world with these people and has felt challenged. And it's invigorating and she is ready to see this through to the end. Linda should show Zen Terminator because I think Zen would fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they get back, there's uh, there's going to be a movie night. So uh, Takomi summons everyone and gives one final overview, and then... We are canceling the apocalypse! (laughs) No. (laughs) God, I wish. Uh, She does mention maybe not not burning the building down this time. So, as you all head out, it's time to go ahead and do the engagement roll, and we can figure out exactly what position you guys are going to be starting from. And that's where we'll pick up next time, here on the Eternity Archives. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Zipa. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash thearchives. Subscribe to our Ko-fi for all sorts of exclusive bonuses, behind-the-scenes content, and other fun surprises. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.